This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Whoa, the world's gone crazy. Welcome to MMA Takes Podcast. Uh, crazy, crazy day in the world. Listen, first things first, if you hear ambient noise, if the sound isn't 100%, it is hot for some reason in my office i'm hot in my office um so i open the window up a little bit right it gets a little it, it gets a little hot in here i just got done pooping you know <laughs> that's how i do man poop and uh i was holding it for a while so i got a little hot holding it you know how it goes i don't know how the human body works but just if you hear a goddamn motorcycle plane whatever i apologize let's get that out of the way second me secondly second me for all those who subscribe to the MMA Takes Podcast channel, thank you. It's only been a handful of you guys. So please subscribe, uh, especially with the quarantine, especially with um, MMA possibly getting shut down for for a certain period of time here. I'm going to be posting a lot more videos on there. I had fun doing it with the uh, Johnny Walker pick, even though I got it wrong. And the video curse pick is real, everybody. Whoever I pick, just go opposite of, Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to get better at editing. I'm trying to do some, some different things with it. And, uh, I got some ideas that we can put up while we wait to see what happens with, uh, UFC MMA and all that stuff. So, uh, content on there. So MMA takes podcasts on, uh, YouTube might be hard to find because we only have eight subscribers, two videos. I think there's another, the MMA takes podcast with, it's a different logo. Don't, don't subscribe to that one. Okay. They are a bunch of chumps. I have no idea who they are. Didn't know they had the name. Kind of hurt my feelings. However, uh, the podcast logo is the logo on YouTube. Um, easiest way to do it. Go to my Instagram, MMA Takes Podcast. Link in the bio. Go to my Twitter, um, and I'll pin the tweet, uh, and then just click on that link and subscribe from there. Probably the easiest way to do it. If not... Search MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Stroll down a couple bit because a lot of Rogan, a lot of Brendan Shaw pop up. Um, and then you'll see my beautiful face and then we'll get the ball rolling. So thank you for those people who have done that. If you haven't, what is wrong with you? Go do that. More content's coming. Listen, we got UFC Brazil to recap. No fans in attendance. Some great fights. Some, some performances I, I really want to talk about. First thing I think we have to talk about is is the craziness of this coronavirus. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's taking over your lives. This is supposed to be a release, a relief to get away from all this this negative, crazy virus that's going around that's scaring everybody and everyone's panicking and all this shit. I don't want to talk about it, but it is related to MMA. So the Nevada Athletic Commission decided to suspend combat sports in the state of Nevada until March 25th, and then they're going to have another hearing. And everyone's like, oh, well, we're good because the fights are in London next weekend, and then Columbus is the 28th, so they'll, they'll probably pass it or whatever. Um, that was the speculation, right? The UFC obviously has an end with the Nevada, uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission. Dana White went on Sports Center and said, no longer can the Columbus card or the Portland card happen in Las Vegas. The Khabib Tony fight's not happening in New York or Las Vegas up to this point. So, um, he said that the fights are still going on and they're still figuring out. They sent emails to managers saying, if you have any veteran fighters, anybody that wants to fight on a week's notice, let us know. So if you are like my guy, Chris Curtis should be in the UFC. If he is healthy in shape right now, 
He lives in Vegas. He lives in the United States. That's another thing. This you got to live in the United States. Jump on that, right? Go fight Tyron Woodley. Why the fuck not, right? Because I don't know if, if Tyron made his way over to London yet or not, but they're trying to get Leon over here. They said if Leon wants to come fight, he has to leave by this afternoon. London's six hours ahead of us, so it's like 8 o'clock there right now. So I don't know what's going to happen. Kind of crazy times, unprecedented, but listen. I'm not scared about the coronavirus, but I do think that we all as a society do need to take the proper measures of what they're telling us. We got experts. We got people who've studied their whole lives telling us social distancing is probably the best thing we can do, right? Live our lives. Don't gather in large crowds. Don't go to bars. Don't go to, you know what I mean? Just kind of maybe be boring for a couple weeks, right? I think we all can do that. That's not the worst thing in the world. Or you can pass it on to an old lady or an old man or whoever, and they could die. Like, you know what I mean? Just stay inside. I love being inside. So this is no problem for me. I, I, you know, I like being inside. I'm an inside guy. Um, but a lot of people went out last night for St. Patrick's day. And I know bars need to make money and restaurants need to make money. It's going to take a big financial hit. There's a lot of moving parts to this, but the governor, Mike DeWine of Ohio just said that he might be closing schools for the rest of the year because the peak of this for the United States might not be hitting till April or May. That's what the experts are saying. They're saying that mid April, beginning of May is when we're going to start seeing, uh, uptick in cases and, and a lot of deaths and unfortunately just a lot of stuff. So um, we got to take the measures now. Kids are in Cincinnati are off school. They they said two or three weeks. There's a good chance they might they might not finish the year up. Um, uh, and it's smart, right? Because kids are dirty little fucking things. They're everywhere, and you know they're going to get people sick. They're going to get the grandma sick. So uh, it, it, it's it's inconvenient, right? It's but you just got to be a little unselfish at this point, right? I don't think every, you don't need to go out and get fucking drunk and then go out again on Sunday and get margs and get brunch with the girls. Like, you know I mean, just, just take a beat, right? Just take a minute, right? Cause it's only going to get worse before it gets better. You know what I mean? And quit behind the fucking toilet paper. I literally just took a shit before this podcast. I told you that I ran out. We bought flushable wipes and I'm bargaining with my, my parents are coming over for dinner nights. We usually eat on Sundays together. And instead of going somewhere, we're going to make dinner here. And I'm bargaining with them. Like, hey, we're making you fucking dinner. You bring toilet paper to our house. Okay. You, you don't have to pay for the dinner. You don't have to give us money for the groceries or anything like that. Just give us a couple rolls, man. You know what I mean? I saw all these toilet paper things and I thought nothing of it. I'm like, ah, whatever. If I, if I run out of toilet paper, I'll, I'll hop in the shower or, you know, the flushable wipes, whatever. I fucking hate the flushable wipes and I do need to shower, but just freshly ran out of toilet paper. So that's not good. Um, and I've already pooped twice today. It's two 30 in Cincinnati and I've pooped twice. I've been up since 11, right? I slept in. So what is that? Three and a half hours and I've pooped twice. Um, yeah, things aren't looking good for your boy. It's going to be a problem, but guys, let's not freak out. Let's not panic. And this is coming from a guy who freaks out who's a hypochondriac, who panics, just listen to what the smart people are saying. Yes, I think it might be overkill, but it's better to do overkill and to inconvenience things and to take things away from us instead of killing multiple people. You know what I mean? It's just, it makes more sense. So um, I think we can get through this, right? My vacation is probably canceled, which, which trust me, that eats me up more than anything. I can't go to UFC Columbus. That sucks. You know, it is what it is, right? I mean, it, 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 but the health and safety of everyone else, not just yourself, 
is the most important thing. And there was a bar still tweeted out this thing. This girl was at a St. Patty's day parade. And she's like, I have a very compromised immune system, but I take vitamins and I'm on a regiment medicine schedule. I think I'm fine. I hope you're right, right? You're young, you're 21, but if you have an immune system problem, that is not good, right? That's probably not great. I've said this joke, multiple people last year when I had pneumonia, I also had rhinovirus, which was just a fancy name for a cold, but rhinovirus sounds way more badass than coronavirus, right? So I tell people like, oh, you're afraid of coronavirus. Yeah. I had rhinovirus last night. I fucking smoked it, smashed it in the ground. And you know, people, I don't know if people know that or not. Haven't got many laughs on it yet, but I'm going to workshop it. I'll work, I'll work on it. We'll see if we get some laughs, but uh, I remember going last year and maybe the one reason why I'm not freaking out is because, you know, I kind of had a cold with pneumonia, which is basically what cor- coronavirus is from all accounts on severe cases. And I was in a hospital for that day and I freaked out and then I freaked out six months after that and wasn't, wasn't myself and struggled with mental stuff and anxiety and, and, you know, and never really thought about my health before. And now I, I'm forced to think about it because I got a wife and a daughter I got to take care of. I got to start taking care of myself and, just a million different things pop in your head, right? So I think that I'm a little more prepared for the coronavirus because I kind of went through that. It was almost a weird thing. Like, because I mean, if I didn't go through that, I'd probably be freaking out right now, like not leaving the house, calling off work for a month, whatever, what have you. But I think, uh, I think I'm doing okay with this. I mean, it's definitely nerve wracking. It's scary. It's, it's unfortunate that, you know, older people are, are, can be affected by it. Younger people, kids seem like to handle it well. Um, and then there's like, you know, people with certain problems, you know, all this stuff. But, uh, when I was in the hospital, I remember when the lady, the doctor came in and said, yeah, you have pneumonia, which is really weird. Cause you don't look that sick. She's like, you must have a strong immune system. It's just, you know, it's just affecting you according to the test. So I've been hanging on to that ever since that doctor said that. Cause I remember going in there with that cough thinking it's just, it's bronch, a severe case of bronchitis. They're going to give me an inhaler. I'm going to go. Um, and then when I said pneumonia, I freaked out and I'm like, oh, okay. But she's like, yeah, you don't look that sick. So that's not here or there. So everybody wash your fucking hands. Okay. Um, maybe if you walk into a bar restaurant, there's a million people in there. Maybe just get your food to go, right? Live your life. Everyone has to live their life. Still. I still have to go to work. If you're in for, if you're fortunate enough to have to work at home or don't have to go to work and get paid for it, that's great. Life moves on. Just be, be measured, be careful. We're going to get through this as a society. We're going to through this as Americans. Americans always get through stuff together. I'm very proud to be an American. So let's just do it the right way. And don't listen to what people say in Italy. That's the biggest thing is all these people are using facts from Italy and all this. Italy is 60 million people on top of each other. And all old people live with the young people. It's a part of their culture, everybody. Okay. Relax. Italy doesn't have the healthcare we have. It's a tiny little country on top of each other, right? New York probably has more people than fuck it. No, maybe not. But you know what I mean? Let's not freak out what's happening in Italy. It's very sad what's happening in Italy. They closed the borders, everything. They're going to get through it just like we're going to get through it. Um, if you get quarantined, if you get locked down, all that stuff, make the best of it. Listen to this podcast. Listen to my, watch my fucking YouTube channel. Get on Netflix. Find a hobby. Work out. Whatever. We'll get through this. It's going to be boring for the next month or two. Um, and that's okay, right? Sports will come back. Hopefully we all make through, you know, we make through, uh, get through this together, stay healthy. You know, that's it. 
That's all I'm going to say on coronavirus. I'm sorry that I talked too long about it. I didn't really want to talk that much about it because, again, that's all you, you turn on TV. That's all you fucking hear. Um, I'm, I'm here to supposed to be an escape. So let's escape. See how I did that? Wordplay. Let's escape to UFC Brazil. Yeah, did pretty good. Seven and four on the night. Hit two underdogs. Not bad. Not too shabby. Missed on my lock of the night with Johnny Walker. He was my send him home lock as well. We'll talk about him when we get to that part of the card. But man, I am disappointed in him. First Friday night was Veronica Macedo, who was a favorite versus B. Malecki, who was a significant underdog. I took B. Malecki on the simple fact that she's bigger. And I'm not, you know, that's just the way it was. Uh, it was a dog fight. It was, it was a fairly close fight. B. Malecki won a decision. She looked pretty good. She looked long. She looked big in there. Um, her, she comes from a Muay Thai background, but her, she's starting to kind of iron out some of the details. I think she could be a problem with her height and her reach in there. Macedo's a tough girl, tough fighter, but uh, just came up short in this one. Um, B. Malecki uh, got it done on a plus 150 underdog. That's nice. Cashed on that one. Nice little underdog play there by, for your boy. Next up, you had uh, Bruno Silvio versus David Dovrak. Dovrak was a guy that I, I heard a lot about. People talked about him. Um, people that I respect. Didn't look great in the beginning, right? Didn't look great. I thought maybe he could have lost this fight. It was very close. Um, he got rocked with that front kick, but he battled back pretty well. You know, his takedown defense looked good. His cardio looked good. UFC jitters. And with what was going on with the coronavirus stuff, I mean, you got it. You can't be fighting on 100% mind. Um, but he looked pretty good. I tweeted out something and I immediately took the tweet back. So I don't think it counts. Uh, won a close decision over Brenda Silva. Very good fight. Very, uh, close fight. Uh, you know, I mean, what, what else do you want? Right. Dovrak's a nice little, in, uh, addition here to 125. He looks good. He's got a lot of finishes. This is his first decision win and probably like 14 fights or something. He's in the big leagues now, but, uh, him at 125 is interesting. I want to see, I want to see who they match him with next. Cause it's not the thickest, deepest division. Tim Elliott, if he goes down 125, I think that'd be really interesting. Um, there's some guys from the fight down there. Okay, next up, you had, uh, here we got, Mario Barona Silver versus Mar- Marana Morose. Slugfest, right? Both these girls went after it. I, I don't love Morose. I picked Silva. I lost. Very close fight again. Silva almost had Morose out there a few times. Morose was a little more active. Moved her feet a little bit more. They both got tired, but Morose probably got a little less tired. Not too mad at the decision. I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good fight. Um, but yeah, the, the underdog one right there, Morose was a plus one ten underdog. Missed that one. I don't like when I miss underdogs, but uh yeah, it was it, it was a it was a good fight. This fight actually, you know what? I was watching this, but my, my daughter was wrestling me in the bed. Um, so I didn't fully get to watch it, but I remember getting bits of it. If I'm being honest, I'm an honest guy. Next up, yeah, Yanni Aya versus uh Enrique Berzola. This ended in a draw. Uh Yaya came out on fire, man. He's he's a tough dude to get a hold of. He's really good in the scrambles. He was Doing way better in the stand-up than I thought he would. Brazola's at AKA now. Looked to me in great shape for cutting that weight to 135. Good scrambles in this fight. Barzola dominated that third round. Probably a 10-8 third round. Yaya won the first round. Second round, I gave it to Barzola. I thought Barzola won this fight. I can understand how it was a draw. I see a lot of people liking Yanni as well. He's an underdog. Um, really good fight, though. It was it was interesting seeing the scrambles on the ground. Barzola, solid wrestling-based. Yanni, one of the best jiu-jitsu guys out there. Uh, it was interesting, right? Yanni's a little bit older and, and they've trained before they want a rematch and, uh, Yanni called for a rematch or something like that. And, uh, it was a good fight. And in a draw, I'm not, I'm not upset with the draw cause it looked like they scored it two rounds to one, maybe, right. Is that how that works? Two rounds to one, or maybe an even round. I don't know. How, I don't know how math works, but, uh, I don't, I don't hate the draw next up who we got here. 
Alessi Zazekas versus Alexei Kuchenko. Uh, Alessu Zazekas versus Alexei Kuchenko. I took Kuchenko on the underdog play here. A little more measure, a little more, um, you know, his rhythm is is kind of how he fights. You know, he doesn't take big chances. So Lucky Dos Santos took it to him. Um, didn't use a ton of crazy capoeira stuff, but his hands were good. He took him down a lot. Uh, close fight. Kuchenko had his moments to win this fight. He just couldn't really, doesn't have the big enough power. Couldn't really pull the trigger on this. And uh, Dos Santos won. This was his last fight in his UFC contract. So possibility of him getting a, getting a, a re-up, a recontract. I don't know. He looked pretty good. He's an exciting guy. I think he's interesting at 170. Alexi Kuchenko now has two in a row for him, I believe, after coming in the UFC undefeated, right? Wasn't he 21? Lost to Gilbert Burns. Now he's lost this. So obviously he's not on the, the chopping block yet, but he's got to perform in his next fight. Uh, he's had some tough outs. He's had some tough fights in the UFC already. But when you come in with a, what, 19, 18-0 record, you're going to get the best of the best. And uh, is what it is. All right, next up, you got Amanda Hibas versus Miranda. Excuse me. Random Marcos. That was a gross burp that came there. Uh, he boss. Huh. Look. She's pretty, pretty cute. He boss. An adorable little woman. Uh, looked great. Dominated Marcos in this fight. Thought she was going to stop Marcos. Went to the decision. She wanted a knockout. Almost got it. Hurt Marcos everywhere. Dominated on the ground. Almost had a submission. Uh, he boss is, is the real deal. I, I can see why Paige Van broke her arm again not to take this fight. Because he boss, I think, is going to run through her. I think she's a she's an exceptional talent at this weight. Devin texted me said he's one of her. He, she just got to put on his list. I called him a pervert because he obviously wants to have sex with her. But she's a great fighter. She's She is. She's marketable. She's learning English. She's at a great camp. Nobody has anything but good things to say about this woman. She's a fantastic fighter. Dominate Marcos everywhere it went. Marcos, I think, is a, is a talented fighter. Has had a lot of tough fights in UFC. I think she's a little too one-dimensional. But he boss looked great this is gonna propel her to some of the bigger names in that division and and i can't wait you know get on the he boss train is what uh uh john annex says next up juicy Fumiga versus brandon moreno fight i was looking forward to probably the most next to the main event or maybe the co-main event i'm a big brandon moreno fan i think it might be a little too late to add him to my guys list because he's almost at that title um but his improvement from the ultimate fighter to now is just it's crazy, right? He comes, he trains out of Mexico, not a great camp. He's used to train in Arizona. Um, his scrambles are flawless. He puts his chin in there. He showboats a little bit. He can crack. He is boxing is a little kind of awkward, but it works for him. Him and Formega had some incredible scrambles. Unbelievable fight to watch. If you don't like watching 125, you just probably haven't seen the right fight. These guys go after it. I know there's not a ton of finishes in that division, but uh, Brandon Moreno called for a title shot, said, I have a pin in the back. I'll fucking sign for it. Uh, he wants to figure out. He doesn't want to fight Joe B. Him and Joe B were kind of buddies. They Joe B t- uh, coached him on the Ultimate Fighter, and I think they became friends. I think they've trained together in the past. Uh, Moreno looked good though. He's one of he's one of those guys you got to keep a, keep an eye out for. Look great. He hung with a elite high level black belt on the ground. Didn't get submitted. There's a couple times where he had his back. He was okay. He reversed. The scrambles were insane for Miga. Was so fast. Moreno showbutting a little bit, putting his chin out there, wanting to counter off Formiga. He cracked Formiga with some big shots. Incredible pace to this fight. Awesome fight. I was a little nervous. I had Moreno. He was an underdog. He's my big underdog play, my underdog lock. Um, you know, my my dog lock. You like dogs. That was Moreno. And, uh, you know, plus 135. I like that number next to his name. I know Formiga is beat the who's who and is, is a talented guy. But if Moreno's times now, man, he is 
that good. And uh, he beat uh, he beat a guy. It was a close fight. I scored it on verdict. I've had it one round one for Miga. Round two, I believe I scored it for Moreno. And round three was Moreno as well. So I had it two one. I think it was a split decision. I think they split on this one, but I think they got it right. I think uh, Moreno won this fight. Very close fight, but uh, awesome fight. Awesome fight. All right. Next up, Francisco Trinaldo versus John McDessey. Eh. This is one of those fights that no one cared about. I didn't care about it. Trinaldo walked forward. McDessey was on his back foot the whole time. Uh, Trinaldo landed some big shots. McDessey did his normal McDessey stuff. And that's about it, right? Trinaldo... The oldest face I've ever seen. He's 41, looks 141. Um, and he, but he, he, I mean, he's never missed weight. He cuts weight. He fights. He's active. Uh, I think he called out Paul Felder or something like that, right? Which is, no, who'd he call out? Kevin Lee. When Kevin Lee's already dominated him, he wants to fight Kevin Lee. Um, kind of a weird call out. There's a lot of weird call outs uh, this night. You know, I didn't love any of the call outs. Moreno, you know, they've already said they're going to rematch Joe B. I guess it doesn't hurt to say put your name in that title uh, contention because Brando's got some good wins here. If Joe B is medically not cleared or whatever, he can fight Deverson for the title. Or even Joe B, if if, if opposite happens, if Figueroa gets hurt. Um, interesting, though. Interesting. Call, some call-outs. I didn't like Trinaldo called out. Fight a guy that's already beat you. What does that do? I know you're older. I know you probably have maybe a couple handful of fights left. You know, but you know that Kevin Lee is not going to happen. Even even Kevin coming off a loss isn't going to happen. I, you know, I think these guys again. I've said it before. I'm going to open up a call out class that these guys come. We can do it via Skype, and before they, you know, before they fight, they they Skype with me, and I tell them, here's who makes sense, right? Here's what's here's here's what makes sense. Don't be like an idiot like Johnny Walker calling for John Jones, right? And now look what Johnny Walker does. Don't be one of those morons, okay? Make it a measured call-out. Make it an easy call-out, okay? Make sure it makes sense so the fans go, I want to see that fight. Instead of them calling him out, they were like, that fight's never going to happen. Fuck this guy, right? I'm going to start that class, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it off 15 bucks a class, and that, that's it. That's a new business. Next up, Johnny Walker versus Nikita, Kry- Nikita Krylov. This was my video pick. If you watch the YouTube, uh, this was the guy I picked on video. Again, I'm cursed. The video curse is fucking real, everybody. Uh, you know, I, I thought Johnny Walker had a little bit better takedown defense than he did. Right. I thought he was gonna be a lot harder to take down Nikita Krylov. He has a solid takedown game, solid ground game, but again, nothing that I would, you know, would shock me that if someone stuffed his takedowns, he's not like an elite wrestler, elite grappler. He's pretty well-rounded, but that's about it. Johnny, um, got his arms blown out after that, that first round of, of stuff and takedowns and working his way back to his feet. The punches had no zip on him. He was throwing some crazy stuff, some Superman, like a flying knee, Superman punch, a spinning backfish, which landed but not flush. Um, wasn't really landing his kicks enough, in my opinion. Nikita had one mission, one goal in this fight, and that was to take the fight to the ground. He did it. I got to figure that Frost and those guys, you know, coached that. Um, and then Johnny Walker afterwards, apparently, of all accounts, he was happy that he went three rounds. Uh, yeah, but you gassed after the end of the first. You didn't quit. You went three rounds. You went to a decision and lost. But, I mean, go three rounds and win a fight. You know I mean? Be happy that you went all three rounds and you kept your pace up and you won. You know, he got dominant in this fight. He looked very, very basic, very simple. And, uh, you know, he he's very hittable. He has a little bit of a chin problem. Nikita caught him and rocked him a little bit. A little bit of a chin problem. His striking is good, but average good. It's explosive, but it's... 
if you're if you're ready for it, then it's easy. The game plan on him is take him down, wear him down, blow up those arms, and it, the strikes are not going to come anymore. He didn't set anything up that was surprising to me, um, and he just looked really flat and really bad out there. I just did not like that performance. Nikita Krylov gutted it out and, and won a saw a fight, and whoever had him as an underdog, props to you. I fucking missed it. <sighs> I fucking missed it. Next up, Renato Mokano versus Demir Hazovic. Renato Mokano, first fight at 155, came out. Took the fight to the ground, submitted him really, really quickly. They had a little bit of a beef afterwards, which I don't fully understand. You just won. I don't know why you're yelling at this guy. Then they hugged. There's a funny thing online. There's a funny little clip where Morcano's like, I don't want to fight longer. And the guy's like, well, you shouldn't have submitted me. Yeah, that's funny. That's that's funny. I know funny. That's funny. Uh, and then again, Morcano with his call out. Listen, Paul Felders came out, just had a war, right? He doesn't love cutting that weight. He's probably not going to fight until, well, shit, with, with the coronavirus, who knows? But he's probably not going to fight till the end of the, the, the end of the winter, right? It's March right now. You're calling on a guy who's not going to fight till probably December. And a guy who's already went on record says, I'm not fighting again unless it makes sense. You're coming off two losses. This is your first win at 55. Fighting Paul Felder doesn't make sense, right? Um, Devin suggested he should have called Ali Quinta. You know, that's okay. You know, you should probably have called out someone on this card for Francisco Trinaldo, maybe not even give a name. I know giving a name is like the cool thing. Just issue a challenge to the entire 155. Like, Hey, I'm here. I'm coming now. Line them up. I'm knocking them down. Whatever. Anything would have been better than a Paul Felder call out. Kind of a weird call out since you're not ranked. You don't want to fight in a couple months. And, uh, this was your first fight at this weight class. So Wakano. You get an A on your performance. You get an F minus on your callout skills, and uh, we'll need to work on it again. Fifteen bucks. I don't know. I don't know what they use in Brazil. What kind of money you use down there? Um, but whatever it is, you know, translate it to fifteen dollars. Okay, that's it. That's cheap. We'll Skype it out. Next up, coming in at Damian Maia versus Gilbert Burns. But I was looking forward to a lot. Really interesting ground transitions. I thought um, Gilbert again, who I thought can handle himself on the ground. Damian is so strong on the ground in that first round. Uh, really tight, not tight, but he was glued to his back. Damien's like almost flawless with his jujitsu. You could tell it was it was impressive stuff. Gilbert Burns definitely didn't get outclassed, but he was losing some of the the roles in, in in the scrambles. However, he got out from underneath. Nice backdoor get out when when Damian Maya was was setting up a triangle or he was on mount or something like that. Damian Maya is heavy as fuck on top. Gilbert got out. I mean, don't don't forget this. Gilbert Burns isn't the biggest 170. He's a thick kid. He's putting on some good muscle. He used to fight at 55. I love him at 70 now, but he's not the he's not the thickest, biggest guy. I think they made a, a comment that uh he was bigger than Damian Maya, which is patently false. Like he might be thicker than Damian Maya, but Damian Maya is a big dude at 170. Um, and then Gilbert Burns landed that left hook, put him out, sent him home, and uh finished up with strikes because the referee didn't know what to do. Damian kind of protested it because I don't think he knew where he's at. First time Damien's been stopped since Nate Marquardt. I think that was 10 years ago. I think that's what they said. Crazy stuff. I am super high in Gilbert Burns. I want to talk about Gilbert Burns. 170 to me is super interesting. There's so many good fights at 170. Gilbert Burns could fight any of them. He recently just tweeted and said, if Woodley or uh, Edwards is out, I'll fucking, I'll pop up and fight. I'll pop up there and, and fight whoever you need me to. And that is... I mean, I'll fly from Brazil right now to wherever you guys are going to take hell, hell place, and I'll fight either of those guys. I fucking love that, right? I love that. He's always calling people out. He called Colby Covington out 
at first I was against the, the decision, right? But I think that makes sense because Colby's not going to get a rematch with Kamaro. Masvidal is not going to fight Colby because Masvidal will either fight Connor or Kamaro. You know, you, you've already beaten everyone else that is kind of at the top there, right? Who else is there? Gilbert Burns is moving up in the rankings. You've talked a ton of shit about Brazilians. I think that's a bad matchup for Colby because Gilbert's very good on the ground, heavy hands. So at first I was like, ah, because everyone calls out Colby. I'm like, eh, you know, but this one makes sense because he's Brazilian. Trains in Florida with a different camp, opposite camp. He's at Hard Knocks 365 with Hoof. They have a rivalry with um, American Top Team. So it does make sense, right? I, I, I My initial instinct was maybe not, but it does make sense. And I don't think he'll get that fight. I think Colby's going to probably sit out for the foreseeable future, heal up, and then maybe get the winner of Jorge and Kamara because that's a bigger fight. He possibly might even get fucking the Connor fight. If we're being honest, Connor might take him on at 170 because he fights very similar to Khabib. He's going to take guys down, and that's what Connor kind of wants to fight. His stand up is terrible. Connor's going to pick him apart on the feet, and Connor can stop the cardio and, and the takedowns of, of Colby and the buildup that a fight would be crazy because Colby's so annoying and terrible, and Connor is fucking charming and, and, and can light him up with the trash talk, and no one would feel bad about, about it. So. Uh, but I do like the Burns thing. But at 170, let's look. Let's see. Let's look at. I don't have this prepared, but let's look up at one at 170. Who Gilbert Burns can fight that makes sense because he is on a roll. Damian Maya is a big win. Everyone who fights Damian Maya, they always go on to bigger and better things. Camaro did it. Tyron Woodley did it. Covington did it. So why not Burns? The guy's an action action pack fighter. Brazilian speaks really good English. So welterweight. So Gilbert Burns is currently 12th, right? He's obviously going to move up. He beat fifth, number five, Damian Maya. Damian Maya is going to fall down there. Michael Chiesa kind of called him out, right? Michael Chiesa would be a really good fight. Michael Chiesa is ranked seventh. I think Gilbert Burns at this point, I have no idea how he's behind Jeff Neal. I like Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal hasn't lost in UFC, but Gilbert Burns just beat number five. I think Thompson needs to move up. Kiesa needs to move up. I think Dos Santos and Nate and Jeff need to fall back. I think Gilbert Burns should be seventh. And then Thompson five and Kiesa six. Kiesa and Burns will be a really good fight. Steven Thompson and Burns will be a really good fight. But you look at the top four, right? Tyron Woodley is fighting Leon Edwards, hopefully. If not, then Burns could step in for one of those guys. Masvidal is going to fight uh, Usman. Covenant is probably going to fight the winner of Woodley and Edwards or... The winner Masvidal Edward or Masvidal um, Usman. So you got Kiesa who's on a roll. You got Thompson who's who's always a threat in that division. You got a lot of guys to fight. Rafael dos Anjos, yeah, but I think dos Anjos, There's rumors he's going down to 55 again. Nate Diaz, Nate's not going to fight Burns. So he's only going to fight big name Jeff Neal. I think might be a step back after you knock out Damian Maya. You might not need to fight a guy like Jeff Neal who's on the rise. I would I would favor Gilbert Burns in that matchup. Um, but I don't know if that fight needs to happen just yet. Uh, but yeah, Gil Burns is 12th currently. He's definitely going to move up. So a lot to be said at 170. I love that weight class and um, I'm very excited for, for, for what's to come. Michael Kessler versus Gil Burns is, to me, I love a good like stand-up battle and high-tech stuff. But 
when those guys fight, it's going to be a grapple fest. They're going to go grapple. And uh, Kiesa has, has dominated a lot of really high-level guys grappling. Like his positioning and his strength and in the way he does things is a little bit different. It's more like catch wrestling than jujitsu. It's very, very talented. And, and Gil Burns is a world-class jujitsu guy. So really looking forward to that fight. That ha- that happens. Kiesa kind of called it out a little bit. I would like that. But if Gilbert steps up and fights either Woodley or Edward, I would like that too. So fun stuff. Okay. Kevin Lee versus Charles Oliveira on the main event. I obviously got this fight wrong. I picked Kevin Lee. Very tough fight for me to pick. One of the hardest fights I've picked in a long time. Because... I didn't know what Kevin Lee was going to show up, right? He missed weight, which guys that usually miss weight usually win the fight, right? They have a, they're have 3-0 and whatever. If they miss whatever, there's stats out there. Charles the Bronx looked big, right? He looked good at 55, right? He's fighting his hometown, home country. I don't think he's from Brasilia, but his home country. Yeah, the fans weren't there or whatever, but this is a big, big fight for him. He said that if something happened to him 15 days ago, he's going to pull out. Didn't happen. Um, he looked great in there. Stand-up is head and shoulders above Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee was just looking for one big shot. Landed some right hands on Charles Overa, who in the past hasn't taken punches all that well and took them really well. Kevin Lee was pushing his punches a little bit, only threw a handful of kicks. His wrestling was really good. He looked really good on top. He was controlling on top. He was landing some big punches at the end of round one. Round two, they scrambled as well. He looked really good on, on top. Overa was kind of biting his time, wasn't really... Doing a lot of action off his back, right? It was kind of, you know, it's a five-round fight. He's like, let this guy get tired. Let this guy wear me down. But every time they were on the feet, Oliveira unloaded with different kicks. Leg kicks, body kicks, punches, whatever. Uh, the, he had Kevin Lee in the second round or maybe even third round against the cage throwing uppercuts. I think it was the second round. They're landing like everything he threw punch-wise. Kevin Lee was doing a little bit of head movement. Looked a little tired to me. They both kind of looked tired, but Oliveira got into the second gear. was throwing some beautiful combinations. Nothing super powerful, but you don't have to throw everything to knock someone out. Just touch them, right? One finds a chin, great. And then the third round, he baited a kick. Kevin Lee shot on the single, head on the outside, locked up the choke. Kevin Lee didn't realize he choked. Or excuse me, Kevin Lee didn't realize he tapped. A lot of people think he blacked out. I just think he's used to getting caught in practice. You tap in practice, and then you keep going. It's a fighter. I said that before where you get you get put in an arm bar and you almost tap and you, your muscle memory tells you to tap because in practice you tap and you, you know, it's over. You don't get your fucking arm snapped or you don't get choked out. I think that's what kind of Kevin, Kevin Lee did. Here. I think his mental was a little off here, but uh, I wanted the Bronx win. I said it on the podcast, I think there's more upside for him to win. We've seen Kevin Lee fight the who's who. We want to see the Bronx fight the who's who. And let's, let's look at 55 while we're here. Okay. Okay. Uh, Aaron Bronson swears that he wants to see Charles Oliveira versus, uh, Khabib interesting fight. Um, I don't know if Oliveira is there just yet. Oliveira is currently 13th. He just beat Kevin Lee, who is eighth. So you move, you got to move Oliveira up to eight. I think he's over Al Quinta. He's definitely over Barboza. Ferrara's got to move up. Gregor Lepsi drops. Islam, if he wins, moves up. Oliver Islam sounds really interesting to me. I, th- I came up with that after the fight. But then you look at the top five because that's what we're looking at right now, right? So Connor's probably not going to fight him, unfortunately. I think that would be a good fight for both those guys. Poirier is fighting Hooker from all accounts if that fight happens. Poirier would be a really good matchup for uh, Charles Oliver. Charles Oliver, I think, called out the winner Ferguson Khabib, which probably not going to get that one, bud. Probably not. Justin Gaethje is what I keep landing on. So if Islam dominates, he's going to move up in the rankings. He's fighting Alex Hernandez. They're both 14 and 15. 
Oliveira is going to move up. He's going to be at least eight or seven when the rankings come out tomorrow or Tuesday, whenever they come out. So I think a Gaethje fight makes the most sense. I think Gaethje could prove a lot in this fight. Um, it's a fight that makes sense for him because why sit and wait? Again, Ali's got to fucking approve this for some reason. I don't know why Ali's approving anything. Gaethje wants to fight, make the fucking deal happen, Ali. Um, but I think that makes the most sense. Gaethje versus Oliveira. So Oliveira looked great, though. His striking looked good. Another submission win. The kids, unbelievable, of his back. I joked with my buddies. They didn't respond to it. Um, my wife's a hairdresser, guys. I've told that before. She's very, very talented. And I, I might, I might uh, since I've been putting my face on camera and stuff, and we're going to be quarantined possibly for a couple weeks, months, whatever, I might have her dye my hair like Oliveira. I asked her when she was watching, watching the fights. She was half asleep. I'm like... You know, this guy that with the, with the, with the platinum hair, he said, he's, um, um, he's got a uh, black hair, like dark black hair in real life. Like how, how many days they, do you think it took? And then they said on the broadcast, it took him two days to get his hair like that. So like, yeah, it take about two days. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Uh, my hair's not that dark. How long would it take me? She's like, yeah, your hair would probably take longer because it's it's longer. I was like, well, what if we cut it shorter and you dye it like that? She's like, we're not doing that. And I said, oh, we're doing it. So. I used to have a fascination when I was a kid, when I was younger, to dye my hair blonde. I used to dye my hair blonde every summer. It grow it out, I shave it off, buzz it off, right? That was like what we did. Like all we we always like just fucked around and dyed our hair. We went up to Kroger and bought a dyeing kit, right? And some of our hair would actually turn blonde, and some of it would turn piss orange. And 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 uh, I'm now married to a professional hairstylist who can do this for me the right way. And I'm just like, listen, people think the world's ending. And shit's getting canceled, and, and, and we got to find ourselves to entertain ourselves. I don't really care that much about my hair, even though it's a sweet head of hair. Dye your platinum. Why the fuck not? Huh? I think I look great. I would look great with it. And I'm married to a very talented stylist who can do that. So, I mean, if she wanted me to go beat someone up, I'd go do it, right? She asked me, hey, you think you can beat that guy up? Yeah, watch. Go ahead. Sit, you know, hold my drink. I'll go beat that guy up. I'm just. <laughs> If she wanted me to carry a box or something or lift heavy things, I'm really good at that. And I do that for her all the time. Okay, so that was UFC Brasilia. Sorry that I kind of started the podcast with a little bit of a corona. I know we don't want to talk about it. But uh, yeah, let me take a drink here. So that's it. I don't know what else to talk about. I mean, I like talking to you guys. I'm not bored. I got a million things to watch, but I want to hop on considering... This might be the last MMA event we have. Um, it just says uh, UFC on ESPN Plus 29 loses main event. MMA Junkie just reported that. It was supposed to take place Saturday in London, but wasn't permitted to happen due to the corona. Concerns around the coronavirus. The United Kingdom disallowed large gatherings, so the UFC announced it will move the card to stateside. And while there is no update pertaining whether or not the card will ha- still happen, it won't be original main event. Tyron Woodley was, you know, won't be happening after all, at least not Saturday. Sunday, Edwards announced his fight with Woodley. Was off the card. He called the cancellation truly heartbreaking. ESPN was first to announce a cancellation. Numerous other fighters have announced cancellation and potential rebookings. Really competed. Yeah. So basically, what that means to me is uh, Edwards couldn't fly to the states. They're asking for people who are stateside to take this fight. Um, again, Dana is very adamant about making the fights happen. I like his mentality. He's getting shit for it. He doesn't care. You got to live your life. You don't live in fear. All that stuff. As long as these fighters get tested, as long as they get screened before they fight, I'm okay with it. They get tested afterwards, I'm okay with it. But uh, honestly, um, I'm not surprised by the loss in the main event. I still don't know where they're going to do it at. 
I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I don't like using that word, but I fucking use it because I don't know what they're going to do. So I think that was it. That was MMA Junkie just reported that. ESPN originally reported that. Uh, Jared Gordon versus Matt Sales books for San Diego. Um, they're still booking fights, so that's good. Maybe they think this will blow over by a certain time. Darren, Jared and Karenier told Darren Kill to kiss my ass if he thinks I'm putting my nickname online. They're both named the Gorilla. That'd be really good. Uh, that'd be a really good time. So, yeah. So, I think that's it. Not much. I mean, obviously, there's going to be bombarded with news next few days with cancellations and movings of the fights and who's fighting, who's not. I'll try to cover as much as I can. I'm not great with breaking news. I try not to have my phone on me as as much as, as I need to. If I got paid for this shit, like a lot of money, I'd have my phone on me. I had two phones glued to my fucking head. Um, but I don't, so it is what it is, but, uh, we'll see, you know, Dana said the fights are going to go on unless we go on lockdown. Hopefully you don't go on lockdown, but if you do stay safe, make the world a better place. Well, all these fights will get made up. You know what I mean? Uh, so we'll just have to be patient guys, right? I'm the worst guy at being patient. I've told many stories about how horrible my patience was. So I think, uh, you should listen to me and say, be patient. Easier said than done. I know. All right. I'm going to take podcasts on Instagram and Twitter, new YouTube channel. I'm going to be posting. Maybe, you know, I used to do top fives in the podcast. Maybe put some top fives up there. Probably could do some training stuff. Me, you know, like me looking like an asshole, right? Like, Oh, I'm going to try to do a spinning wheel kick to my punching bag. Right. It's going to take me two hours to do that. Maybe I'll edit that down. I don't know. Right. There's a lot of things I can do with it, but go subscribe. I'll love you forever. If you do, um, I have some t-shirts that got sent to me, right? Um, so if you want a t-shirt, maybe subscribe on YouTube and I'll pick once we hit like 50 subscribers, I'll, I'll, I'll pick a, I'll pick a fucking winner and I'll send you a t-shirt for free for free. All right. So be safe out there and, uh, uh, follow the podcast on all platforms. What? 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 Hopefully you like my bloopers. I mess up all the time. Hopefully you like that on Instagram. If you haven't seen that, go watch that video of me fucking up. All right. I'll see you. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dalton.